Hey there, folks. Welcome to, uh, I guess, the Tuesday edition of the Whitfield Report. I uh, rarely ever put out a show on Tuesdays. Usually, uh, you know, the show goes out on Thursday and then uh, on Saturday. But... With all the shit that went on over the weekend and all the fallout that happened, I, uh, I'm i not sure I can wait until Thursday to talk about all this. But uh, long story short, The politicians and the media are pissing me off, folks, on both sides. We're, uh, you know, yesterday, Monday, was the immediate fallout uh, from... The uh, shootings over the weekend, two of them. There was the shooting in El Paso on Saturday, which I covered on the show just uh, hours afterwards. And I want to make some clarifications about that, which I'll get to in a sec. Uh, And then after the show... Uh, just a few hours after I got done with the live stream, there was uh, another shooting in Dayton, Ohio. I have to admit, I haven't read um, a much on the Dayton, Ohio one, but uh, you know it's equally as tragic. Now, in regards to... Uh, you know, the podcast regarding the El Paso shooting. First of all, for those of you who don't know, although you should by now if you listen to this podcast regularly, uh, the Saturday shows are almost always a live stream on YouTube. So I usually have people uh, talking to me. Now, I never specifically said that I believe that it was a that it was a false flag. I never said that definitely. There were other people in the chat who were commenting that they thought it was a false flag. And I said that there was a possibility it could be a false flag. But we don't know for sure. Regardless, what I what I did say on Saturday night was that the media on both sides, regardless of whether or not the shooting was 
a false flag and that the government would try to use it. I said that the media would, on both sides, use the El Paso shooting to, uh, you know, propagate their political agendas on both sides of the aisle in their own respective ways and to continue the bickering amongst the American people. And that part I know for sure I was right on. I mean, even Trump today pissed me off. In a way that I haven't been pissed off at him in a while. But, um, you know, before I lay into the politicians and lay into the media, I first of all want to say that obviously both of these shootings are were horrific. The ones that occurred over the weekend. And my thoughts and prayers go out with the uh, go out to the victims uh, families the ones that have passed away and the victims who are still recovering and um, you know I believe in God I consider myself a Christian. I believe in the healing power of Christ. So I've been sending prayers and I believe that those who are fighting for their lives I just pray for their uh, you know that they recover that they're able to pull through and that they can begin the healing process in their own way. And for the families of the victims who have died, I pray that those families find strength and uh, the courage to move on and to live their lives and to be better people in their own lives. So I've been praying. If you pray, uh, you know, I would invite you to uh, pray for the victims who are still in the hospital and pray for the families of the victims who are no longer with us. It is indeed a senseless act But, alas, we can't even go a full day now, it seems like, without both sides immediately pointing fingers. 
this afternoon, I read a piece, an absolute garbage piece from the New York Times, uh, saying that although Trump, you know, condemned white supremacy, he still has quote-unquote white supremacists following him on Twitter, and he follows quote-unquote white supremacists. And they listed uh, Katie Hopkins. I don't know if she's a white supremacist. I've uh, I've heard some of her, you know, talks. She's a British commentator, right wing ish. Doesn't strike me as a white supremacist. I've never heard her say anything that is reminiscent of like Richard Spencer or any of those ethno freak states or any of those ethno state freaks I mean uh but you know with the New York Times anyone who is center right is a white supremacist regardless of that point the New York Times started uh, bringing up all this crap, all these studies about white supremacy is at an all-time high, and they kept bringing up all these studies. Well, sure, if you bring up enough studies and the ones that you want to fit your narrative, you can pretty much say anything. But I find it hard to believe that white supremacy is as prevalent as the New York Times would like you to believe, given the fact that just a little over a decade ago now, we elected our first uh, African-American, technically biracial, president of the United States. I didn't agree with him. I didn't necessarily always like him as president. But it happened and for sure it was a historical thing. And, you know, in in the end that means something. So, you know, I find it hard to believe that white supremacy is as rampant as the New York Times and the left would say. And, you know, right-wing fake news, that's another cause of it, according to the left. Blah, 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 blah. We need stricter uh, gun rights, all that crap. Meanwhile, though, Trump isn't, Trump and the Republicans, they're not doing much better. They're not necessarily blaming the left for the shooting. Although this guy, in terms of the El Paso shooter, he was talking about things like, you know, environmentalism, and uh, 
you know, the failure of big business and corporations and, you know, his manifesto. We'll get to the manifesto in in a bit here. But uh, Trump comes out today and basically says that violent video games are part of the problem. And while he didn't call for an outright ban or restrictions on violent video games and violent, you know, content, that is kind of what it seemed like he was making the call for at one point. So that was irritating. So both sides pissed me off on the political aisle. And then you have the political media who basically rushed to uh, you know, give this shooter attention. You know, the and uh you know, give him his time in the spotlight. And you know, it's it's in the cycle. Oh. The shooter got what he what he wanted. Well, Sam, you're uh you know, you covered the shooting on your show on Saturday too. You're you're guilty of it too. Which, I mean, I guess, tickling in your opinion, you could be right, but I'm talking mainly about the big, uh, I'm talking about like the big networks, the, the 24-hour news cycle. Um, they have more of a reach than I do, than any independent podcaster does, and they love to pump out the mass hysteria because it means bigger ratings for them. Now, I'm not proposing that there be a media ban or a media blackout. I'm not saying that the media should stop reporting on this. But what I am saying is that, you know, like it or not, there is profit for the big networks in the masses here, you know, getting it, getting interviews with, uh, you know, crying victims, foot, footage of people under tables and dead bodies and all that stuff. There is... There is a financial uh, aspect for the media. So they're fanning the flames. They're creating narratives about this. 
the uh you know the right and conservative media they're they're banning uh you know they're talking about the about the media about violent video games and pop culture and the impact that pop culture has on these young men, the loved ones, to check out gun control. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here and uh, you know, I might as well get to the fucking point of this podcast. Or one of the points. But my first point that I wanted to cover is no regulation in, on either side of the political aisle is going to fix anything. More gun restrictions and gun regulations won't fix this. And the underlying pro the underlying problem we have with mass shootings in America, and banning vi- banning quote unquote violent media won't fix anything. You know, conservatives like to say that you know guns can't do harm on their own. That they're inanimate objects, and they're right. That's why I'm pro Second Amendment. And on the flip side, violent video games, at the end of the day, are not responsible for people deciding to go out. And commit these violent murders. If they were, it would be the it would be the fucking purge every single day in this country, probably around the world. I mean, I played. You know, Grand Theft Auto when I was in middle school. I had, you know, friends who were playing Grand Theft Auto in elementary school. Probably ages when they shouldn't have been playing Grand Theft Auto. And yeah, I, you know, I get that graphics are way more advanced now. You know, I, I, I get that. But... The argument with violent video games has been the same for the last 20 years. Now, with all that being said, I uh, I think the underlying problem here is a few things. 
One, I think that the media has covered these shootings in such a way since Columbine that disgruntled individuals like the kid who did El Paso and like the kid who did, uh, you know, Dayton. The media covers these shootings in such a way that the next mass shooter or whoever, you know, that may be, right? A disgruntled individual is desperate for attention. That's what these freaks want. They're not, they're most likely not motivated by white supremacy or by uh, black supremacy or. You know, fill in the blank. All these mass shooters are disgruntled and deranged individuals who are attention whores and they don't care how they get the attention of people. So they go out and do the most horrific thing that you can do, which is to go out and shoot up a massive area. That's it. There's no there's no motivation most likely other than they want attention. And that's what the manifestos are all about, too. I read the manifesto on Saturday. I've been over it since Saturday. I looked it over again just before clicking record on uh, this app that I'm using to record this podcast now. Like I said earlier, the, the El Paso shooter was, you know, fucking all over the all over the place with his rhetoric. You know, blaming uh, Mexicans and the migrants blaming uh, baby boomers, blaming Republicans and conservatives, blaming Democrats. There's no rhyme or reason. Blaming big business, blaming automation, you know, blaming technology. 
this guy single-handedly like picked every you know talking point of a of a disgruntled individual from every you know political walk of life you know in one sentence he's a in one section of the uh you know manifesto he sounds like an extremist right-wing wacko the next he sounds like a left-wing commie trying to you know basically you know bring down big business man you know and then he sounds like an anarchist in certain aspects so that's my overall point is there's no rhyme or reason to any of these freaks in their manifestos and that's that's the part of the media that pisses me off is when they say for sure oh this was a this was a white supremacy thing or this was a conservative thing or this was a you know left wing or you know whatever it was a deranged and crazy individual. Bottom line. And the worst part of it is, is that the politicians and the media on both sides in the left-right par- paradigm, the ones who are really profiting off of this, They either don't care or they're so set in their ways that they, they're they so ideologically driven that they're not willing to break out and look at this objectively. Now... I consider myself a pretty, you know, conservative-leaning individual, and I always have. I'm a conservative libertarian. I make no bones about that. I also make no bones about the fact that I monetize this show. This was the other thing that some people... Sam, you you were buying a... This is the other thing I can hear people saying. Sam, you're playing ads. You're profiting off of this too. You know, just by running ads on your show. Well, you know, I'm not making a billion dollars on this show. I'm not even making a hundred dollars per episode. On the show. And in fact, I was tempted to, uh, you know, live stream this. And maybe, you know, do like some super chat. But I, I decided not to. So I'm just taking my standard ad revenue. Not much, but as always, it's enough to help with the 
website and maybe, you know, a couple beers afterwards. So the politicians are pissing me off and the media is pissing me off and the fact that social media and people are already diving in and digging their heels in on both sides of the aisle, that's pissing me off. And the fact that some people were expecting me to dive in the middle of this. And, you know, people were already, you know, some of my friends on Facebook were already, like, you know, messaging me, basically telling me what they thought, what they thought I think about this situation. Like, oh, well, you're probably going to, you know, you're probably going to go off on this, uh, you know, completely, like, you know, pro-Second Amendment, uh, you know, bender and the, you know, and fuck you, you don't, you know, care, care about dead kids, like, these were, you know, people who just assumed and who were messaging me on Facebook. So... We've just gotten so damn stir-crazy. Now, look. Obviously, dead kids, dead civilians of any kind, that's horrific. I don't think restricting our gun rights, in fact, I don't just think I know that restricting our gun rights isn't going to fix a thing. More restrictions on guns isn't going to fix anything. Uh, More regulations on the sales of video games. isn't going to fix crap. The government isn't going to fix this. The media isn't going to fix this. Big Pharma's not going to fucking fix this either. Well, you know, people are... People are depressed... But you know, Will, I'm sorry. I'm just pissed off because it seems like big government, big media, big social, 
Big Pharma, none of them have the answers to this. They're all, they all have their talking lines. Well, this individual was, you know, if you're a big pharma, this individual was probably depressed or had mental health issues. He needs a pill for this. You know, big, uh, big media on the left. Oh, we need to ban guns and restrict, uh, you know, right-wing websites because those are dangerous. Big, you know, right-wing media and right-wing politicians. Oh, we need to ban violent video games and ban violent media. Fuck out of here. Like that. Both sides. I I get pissed off with all these uh you know establishments not because I'm I want to burn them down or because I want to destroy them or because I think they're bad on purpose. I just think that they're selfish. And they're self-interested. And I don't think that, that, that that's necessarily a bad thing. But everyone right now is saying that the world is going to shit. And in a way it is. But at the same time, I believe in the power of humanity and in the power of human goodness. I know that sounds cliche. I know I might sound like a fucking hippie to some of you. But folks, you know, in all seriousness, I have not lived an easy life. No one ever does. Completely. Everyone goes through hardships, even the even those who seem like they're well off and well to do. Everyone everyone encounters hardships. I've had a disability in my life. I've been I've been wheelchair bound for most of my life. I couldn't play sports when I was a kid. Or, you know, very many. And it what it, it you know, it wasn't my thing. I couldn't run around with everyone else with everyone else. Guess what? I was a gamer when I was a kid. It gave me an outlet to play games with my friends and to bond over that. I got into comic books. 
Now, you know, back when I was a back when I was a kid, too. Gaming with your friends did not mean gaming with like a headset over Wi-Fi on like a webcam and in a, in a gaming computer or on a. Well, I mean, I guess. You know, you didn't game over the internet. When I was a kid, you you gamed with your friends in the room. You know, at first, like, there was only the port for two can, uh, you know, two controllers, and then, uh, you know, on the on the PS two, they figured out how to split it to like four controllers, but you had to buy the adapter, and if you can do that, like, boy, you were fancy, but you had all your friends in the same room, and you bonded that way. I guarantee you, none of my friends who I played video games with, like, we would play Call of Duty when we were like 11 or 12, we probably shouldn't have, but we did. None of us were like, hey, this would be fucking fun to do in real life. We weren't decent. We weren't desensitized to any violence. Like we recognized that there was that there was a difference. Now, I will say this too. Can video games desensitize kids to some of this shit in the real world? Yeah. It can over time. That's why as like a parent, if you are a parent, you should like probably explain to your kids a couple of times that the game is fiction, you know, and it's a simulation and it's not real life. And, uh, you know, you should, you should do that. I, I think, I think that's the problem with, with video games is that the, uh, you know, the kids are, who are being desensitized to violent, most likely their parents are just, you know, letting them sit down in front of the TV for like endless hours and not setting boundaries and, you know, they probably just let their kids, uh, you know, play the games whenever they want and don't really have a structure. I mean, I, I have a real beef with parents who just let their kids sit in front of the TV, even like as toddlers, for hours and hours a day. But that's another rant for another podcast. Can video games have violent effects on kids? Yeah. They can. But, 
like I said, statistically speaking, I don't think, you know, most gamers are not mass shooters. Most of them don't commit crimes, violent crimes, that, that is. By the same token, uh, you know, I think that kid, I think that kids also ought to learn responsible gun safety. I think that kids should learn how to fire rifles. I think that the Boy Scouts, you know, was a really good thing. I think kids should get outdoors and have respect for firearms. I don't. I don't think that we should make firearms a fucking taboo in this society either. And I, I, I know I'm cur- I know I'm cursing a lot this episode. That's why there's always an explicit tag on this podcast, and I'm sorry. I'm just doing this raw. Kind of uh you know, doing this podcast as I go. It's, uh, I just don't get why this is so hard. I mean, it's so, it's so obvious to me. Guns aren't responsible for this shit. Violent video games aren't responsible for this shit. There are just some people out there who are, who are fucking psycho. And, you know, I definitely do agree that we have, that we do have a mental health issue in this country that needs addressing, but I, I, you know, I, I think that there are just like a lot of problems and a lot of factors that contribute to all this, you know, people live in urban environments more and more. We don't get out and get into nature enough anymore either. I mean, there's a whole slew of things. And there's a whole slew of problems. But like I said, I do kind of want to end this podcast somewhat on a positive note. Because yes, the world is shitty. And the world is terrible. And terrible fucking things happen in the world. And terrible things happen to good people. But I can tell you that even in the midst of shitty things happening, there are good people too doing good things. And there's goodness in the world. I went, I went over to the uh, local Dunkin' Donuts by my house 
got an iced coffee. It's a hot Monday afternoon here in Florida. I uh I ordered two donuts. Uh guy gave me like two extras just for the hell of it with my iced coffee. Small gesture, but still I appreciated it. He uh, appreciated me, you know, asking how his day was going. Just simple stuff like that. I, uh, I call, I call my friends on the phone and talk to them, the ones in Colorado. Uh, I don't rely on text messaging exclusively. I actually like to talk to people on the phone. I still believe in that human connection. I And I believe in still being decent to people. I'm not always perfect at that. I'm human like everyone else. I'm flawed. I'm flawed. The world is flawed. The world is fucked up. But the world is also not as fucked up as everyone thinks it is. Which I know, you know... Seems like an oxymoron, what I said, because it is fucked up, but it's not as fucked up as people think. Finally, and for those of you who uh, can see the individual cover art for this episode, you guys will know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you can't see it, go to my website and you'll you'll see this by the time the podcast is up. But uh, Monday evening, as I was, uh, you know, I had been out and about, and uh, I was back in the neighborhood. Rolling around, kind of, it had cooled off in the evening, and the sun was starting to set, and it was cloudy out tonight, or on Monday night, and um, the the sunset was just so unbelievable, and for those of you who can see the cover art, you you know what I'm talking about. Um, and it was just it was it was gorgeous. One of the best sunsets I've ever seen. And I thought to myself, geez, in spite of all this 
misery in the world. And in spite of all this depression and all the shitty fucking news and all the debate and all the anger and everything, God in his infinite wisdom still allows for beauty in the world and positive, beautiful things to come in the world. Despite all of this ugliness, there is still beauty in humanity and there is still beauty in the world. And that, folks, I guess is my overall point. Yes, I know that politics can be divisive. I understand that culture can be divisive. Believe me, I do a political podcast and, you know, I admit that I can be guilty of getting involved in some of this shit just like everyone else can. But I try to be positive in my own life. I try my best to be good to the people around me, regardless of politics, religion, or, you know, belief, what have you, race, any of that stuff. I try and be decent in my own life. Even with the people I I disagree with. I believe in the power of good people and the awesomeness of humanity. I also recognize that humanity can be dark and cruel. I'm not oblivious to that. But if we all focused individually on making our own lives better and being positive despite difficult circumstances, if we each focused on bettering our own lives and trying to better the lives of the people around us, even if that just means saying hi to the guy you know, at the cashier, laying at Dunkin' Donuts like I did. Or if it's saying hi to your neighbor while you're out on an evening stroll. Or at the supermarket. Or being nice to someone at the bus stop. Or just small things. We don't have to do grandiose acts of goodness. But if we're just... If we were just more decent to people around us individually, the world would be a whole lot better off. So I encourage you, folks, to just take stock of what you have, the bad, but also the good, and focus more on the good. Tell the people you you love, that you love them. Call a friend who you haven't talked to in a long time. Or call someone that you usually text. 
and actually talk to them, have a human connection. We want to stop horrible incidents like this from happening again. The answer is to not legislate. The answer is to be a better human. That's the answer. Folks, I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back uh, on Wednesday because I'll have another follow-up show to this, but I uh, I just wanted to get this uh, episode done and uh, you know just express some of my feelings regarding this uh, these horrible shootings and just the overall climate. I appreciate you uh, sticking with me. If you've listened this far into the podcast, I always appreciate the audience being so supportive. And uh, I just want to say thank you for listening. From all of us here at uh, NGC Studios, good day or good evening wherever you are in the uh, past, present, future hour. God bless. God save this great nation. And I especially mean that uh, today. And uh, God freedom like to see in that order. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening. God bless. <laughs>